Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and we're glad that you're here. I would like to offer a special welcome to those of you who are visiting with us. We're very glad that you are here, and if you have questions or comments about this faith or this congregation, please do see the knowledgeable and friendly people at the membership table and visitor table out there in the foyer, and they'll be happy to help you. We come from a long heritage of faith communities that teach that there is a spark of the divine in every human being. It is in the spirit of that heritage that I ask you to greet the holy in our midst by turning to the person to your right and left and welcoming them here this morning. Please join me in our chalice lighting words. In the light of truth and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. What keeps us focused as a congregation is knowing what we're here for. What we're here for is our mission, and we say our mission every Sunday morning. Together we say, we gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. One of the reasons that we're talking about all the Star Wars things today is, of course, that it's May the 4th. And another reason is that this is the kickoff of our May uh, celebration of congregational input that is um, going to be happening at the 12 Raise Your Voice Capital Campaign Building uh, focus groups that we're having this month to hear from you guys. As you know, the Building Facilities Research Committee decided they were going to uh, recommend that we build here on site. And so now we need to talk about uh, what we need in order to live our long-range plan and what kind of um, ideas you have for what that would look like. So if you would like to have that information and see preliminary sketches, which are just conceptual, they can be changed, um, and give your input, this is the month in which to do that. The whole theme of our um, campaign is space, the final frontier, because that's what we need, right? Space in our church. So uh, the rest of it is in order for us to engage and make it so. I worry that the Star Wars fundamentalists will bristle at having Star Trek mixed in. But we are also going to mix in all things space. So if you're bristling now, just wait. <laughs> so today I'm talking to you about the force and how really so many Unitarian Universalists kind of have that idea of the force about 
you know, what other people would call God or the mystery, um, it's not new to us. We have had people talking about this since the 1800s. I'll tell you who. When filmmaker George Lucas rediscovered his copy of Joseph Campbell's book, Hero of a Thousand Faces, he had already written two drafts of the screenplay of Star Wars. He'd loved that book during school when he'd read it, and he reread it and became fascinated again by Joseph Campbell's lining out of the elements of the hero's journey. It starts with the awakening. Something, you get a letter, you get a phone call, there's a mysterious email. The Matrix has this same plot. The awakening. Then there's the resistance to leaving home. I'm going to just ignore this. Then there's supernatural help. You get rescued, you get healed. Then there's leaving home. Then comes my favorite part, the training of the young hero in order to get strong. Don't you love the training montages in like the Karate Kid or when they're all doing, doing pull-ups and learning sword fighting and yeah. So you have the training period where the young hero becomes strong and learns almost enough. Almost enough. You have a battle with evil. You have the temptation to become evil. You find out that evil is part of you. Luke, I am your father. You resist your training. It's stupid. It's taking too long. You're not ever going to get to the end. You just like the fighting part. You lose your patience with the wisdom. You choose to fight instead of using the wisdom. You lose. Then you realize you need the rest of it. You need the wholeness. You need the balance. He read in the book about all of the archetypes. The father. Darth Vader. Father. Darth Vader. The goddess, Leah. The mentor, Obi-Wan. The oracle, Yoda. The trickster, Han Solo. The story almost told itself. And despite some of the mistakes that sprang from its being created mostly by white people, it, um, it did speak to folks of many cultures. People responded to the description of the Force. Obi-Wan tells Luke, as you heard Bill read, the Force is what gives a Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. We watched with interest as the young Jedi trainee trains his intuition along with his body. And most of us who were watching those movies thought, I could do that. I would like to do that. I want to find somebody to train me like that. I want to train my intuition and I want to learn how to sword fight. I think I've felt the force. Most people have felt 
a power flow through them. At some period or another, you hear yourself say something that you didn't really know you knew. Or you feel yourself do something that you didn't think you could do. You find yourself braver than you thought you were. Or during the game, you get into the zone where you can almost do no wrong. Almost everybody has felt that at some time or another where we felt like we were in the flow. There's a Czech philosopher and chemist, uh, Chishni Bihali, I believe that's how you say his name, who wrote a whole book called The Flow, just about this kind of experience. Listen to the words of Unitarian forebearer Ralph Waldo Emerson. Who hated quotations? I'm sorry, Waldo. He said, A human being is a stream whose source is hidden, whose being is pouring in from somewhere else. As the earth lies in the soft arms of the atmosphere, every particular person is contained in the force. He didn't really use that word. I'll tell you what word he used later. The unity within which we are all made one with all with each other. There is a common heart. All sincere conversation is its worship. All right action is submission to it. It is that force that makes us feel enlarged by doing good and diminished by doing wrong. Within each person is the soul of the whole, the wise silence, the universal beauty to which every part and particle is equally related, the eternal one, and this deep power in which we exist and whose beatitude is all accessible to us. When it breathes through our intellect, it is genius. When it breathes through our will, it is virtue. When it flows through our affection, it is love. So I only changed one word in that, and that is at the beginning when I said force, he said the oversoul. The oversoul is the word that the transcendentalists used for the force. They had this idea many, many long years ago in the middle of the 19th century. That there is a soul of the whole, that we are all one, that it surrounds and permeates us, that it is the energy field of all living beings. Now, Emerson and his friends were reading the newly available translations of Buddhist and Hindu texts. And transcendentalism is the outgrowth of their interpretations of these texts that they were reading, along with their liberal Christianity, along with their intellectual um, uh, scholarship, along with their experiences of life. This is where the transcendentalist movement rose up. And I think any transcendentalist from the mid-1800s who saw the Star Wars movies would just nod and say, yes, that's what we were talking about. Conversation, I'm not, what I'm not saying is that, my dears, all religions are the same and they all talk about this. No, religions are not the same. They all have their particularities and we need to honor them by noticing the particularities. But conversation among religions is ongoing about this deep power. Is this deep power totally separate from human beings and it just comes through us? Does it have 
nothing to do with us? It just runs the universe? Is it within us? Do we help create it? Is it us? Is it in animals and plants and the creation or the universe or the multiverse as well? Is it what we are at our best? Is it only good and evil is only its absence? Or is there an equal and opposite or unequal and opposite force of evil? Religions differ mightily on these matters. But George Lucas made his choices about it. The force exists outside of us, but it is also strong in some people and weak in other people. And the force has a dark side. This is one of the things that comes from the movie being written by white folk. It is, uh, they use the dark to mean evil um, when we all know that dark is better used as a description of a time when you can't really see or move quickly. You have to stand still. And we all know the Hebrew God created light and dark and called them both good. Parenthetically. So the force has an evil side or a uh, destructive side, and it has a creative side. Carl Jung, upon whose work Joseph Campbell based his, would have called it the shadow. So the force has a, a presenting side and a shadow side. Jung said the archetypal hero's journey mirrors the journey of the soul toward wholeness. In order to find balance, which is what gives one power, the oracle Yoda says, one must meet, fight, and come to a resolution with the shadow. Yoda didn't say that about the shadow. He said about balance. We're seeking balance. In order to have balance, we have to meet and then fight and then recognize and come to a resolution with the shadow. So I invite you to feel as if you were in training. Using your intuition to feel the force. This is a very transcendentalist thing to say. They talked about intuition all the time. This is how we learn. We learn with our reason and our senses, but we also have to learn with our intuition. Because as Emerson would say, the reason, and his was very good, reason can only take you so far. We have to feel when to make effort and when to be carried along. When to really try and when to just float. I was having this philosophical discussion with myself, um, and I can indulge myself and tell you this story because we're not having a fire drill in the middle of this service. Um, I was having this philosophical discussion with myself while I was rafting with my family, with Kaya and our son and his girlfriend, on the, um, okay, the Broad River in uh, North Carolina. Only this was a part of the Broad River where Duke Energy Company would let there be water in it sometimes and not other times. And so you had to call up and find out, is there going to be water in the river today or not? Because we'd like to float. And then they would shut the gate and so there'd be water for a little while, but it would get lower and lower and then you were um, on the rocks. So our raft company that we rented from was too optimistic about the time they got us to the thing. They thought, oh, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Just get in and, and uh, 
get in, and, and uh, if you get through this little white water right here, you're going to be fine. So we were with some other people, too, on the bus. And they had an 8-year-old child and a 12-year-old child and, who were light. You know, children don't weigh that much. And so they were put on these extremely inflated rafts, and as soon as we were in the water, the 8-year-old was like, psh, gone. And um, we weren't worried too much because they wouldn't let us go into a river that was dangerous. <laughs> so Kaya, who's a lifeguard by training and temperament, went after the, eight, uh, the eight-year-old and uh, found her in this little, I uh, can't remember what it's called, but it's where the water just goes like this uh, in one place. And if you stay in it long enough, you're going to go... So she struggled to get the eight-year-old out of that, and then the water just pile-drived her uh, head down onto the stone. Which um, So she was a little dazed next time I saw her. And, um, and I was being pushed by the currents, um, and I was thinking to myself, okay, go with the flow. I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm going to trust the river, and then the river will give me its best. Mother Nature is not a Unitarian. You know. <laughs> so as soon as I was run into a, a tree, they call it a sieve, you know, you're in the roots of the tree and you have to fight your way out. As soon as she ran me into that, I was like, okay, I'm fighting. <laughs> so I'm kicking and paddling and kicking and I'm like, I'm not going with the flow. You can just keep that. I'm just, I'm going to fight. So I'm fighting and kicking and and then I'm like okay no no I've gotten the middle I think I've found the flow I've found the flow and then I'm like again under a tree with with branches like this and not just branches like this but it was a spider condominium (laughs) and there were big spiders like not just two or three but 30 or 40 and I (laughs) anyway so Is the force benevolent? I like to think so. Can you go with the flow? Can you rest on the force all the time? I don't know. I think sometimes you have to make an effort and just kick, 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 kick. And I think there are times then to go with the flow, to let the force carry you. Or maybe the flow and the force are not the same thing. Maybe the force has its own flow, and that was just a river that didn't have enough water in it. So I invite you to feel, again, as if you're in training, as if you're trying to figure out when to kick and when to glide. And when your kids are too much, when your parents make you sad, when you get that bad diagnosis, when your life turns upside down, this is a time, maybe, to get still. And feel the deep power in which we exist. And if we practice finding it in small ways at small times, we'll be better at it when life turns upside down. May the force be with you. And now please say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts.
until we are together again. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.